Well, I am rather busy. Now he's going to move like right along to McGregor. That's his whole life. You know. All right. It's Teenage Party Week on Tuning In. Hello, everybody. Hello, fellow teenagers. Let's party. In honor of Marshall throwing a party, I'm drinking some peppermint schnapps. That's great. He really wanted to go to Woody Allen's New Year's Eve party. I'm not really sure why. Or if Noel Coward had a thing on a boat. I've realized that half of my notes for this show, by the way, are just quotes. Oh, yeah. Which is very fun and interesting. This was actually kind of a, a, I guess, a light week in comparison to previous weeks. The, the show is starting to, yeah. to get into a little bit of a, um, into an arc for the season is is emerging. I would say yes, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean this this is there are a lot of things that are set up, particularly in the next episode. Um, this isn't a story that has backstory as as maybe you would think, but a lot of Tara's past is very important, and we're now starting to find out what her childhood was like, uh, little glimpses here and there. Uh, they haven't really said anything straight out, but there is – we we find out that she Tara was in boarding school for a while. Um, I think I mentioned that her rape had occurred in college, but uh, that was incorrect. It was boarding school. Uh, but Charmaine wasn't. Um, college is a type of boarding school. So you were correct. Yes, but she was much younger. <laughs> I'm backing you up. Well, thank you for backing me up. Um, anyway, yeah, Tara went to boarding school, but Charmaine didn't. Uh, there is certainly some of... I mean, there's that one line that uh, Max says where he basically says, look, you know, after you uh, you, you, you want to take care of our kids, but look what you did to your own, essentially. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, we don't know what their childhoods were like quite yet. We're going to find out. But certainly we have seen – now we have now met her parents. Well, it's interesting too, right? Because, you know, uh, we meet her parents in the second episode, um, Transition, and, and this episode we're, we're talking about Revolution. Yeah. And again, like we said last week, it's sort of nebulous as to which episode we're talking about because yeah. Tara, Tara's that kind of show. But, you know, it, it's it's funny because, you know, sort of the, the first episode where Marshall has the party and her, you know, it's, it's really all about Max and T – Kind of reliving some sort of college or, or, or teenage experience in a lot of ways, wh- while their teenagers are actually having probably they're trying to have a teenage experience, but they're failing miserably at it because they're very weird people. But they're very weird people. I I I think it says everything. The scene when Marshall asks you know Kate to have the party. Uh, She's highlighting and making notes in her employee handbook. That that's excellent. and 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 I'm convinced she's looking for loopholes at that point. But well, maybe we should. I don't know about that because I, don't know. I Kate wants to be. Kate is in a position where she's also she's very smart, very ambitious, and if she's if she's working at Barnaby's, she's not just gonna be you know make her minimum wage and do her little slacky job. Like she's going to own that fucking place. That that's who Kate is. And so I think she's learning everything she can. She wants to know every single minutia of policy in a way. Well, I don't, you know, maybe, maybe we should talk about, about Kate and her story in these two episodes, because we, we haven't talked a lot about Kate. I think since the first episode of, of tuning in that we started talking about Tara on, and that's kind of for a good reason, because not much has happened to her yet. No. And in the, these two episodes, especially in the next one, things, you know, do happen. I, I'm kind of on a cross purposes about it because a, I don't remember where the gene story ends up. 
he comes across as very creepy, especially in in every episode except for uh, transition, where which is the episode where Tara's parents visit. And I'd say even a, well, he, he comes off more dorky in that. But the scene when he comes to the party, he's again he's being a, he's a little douchey. Oh no, yeah, like, that's why I say that. I think like except for the episode where her parents yeah. show up, he is being creepy. And then it sort of transitions over into Gene in his home life in a very well-appointed apartment, which is odd because he's like 22. And I don't know. Did it look that well-appointed? Did it look like just... I mean, it was certainly nicer than a lot of 22-year-old straight guys would have as apartments. Mm. Um, but it had curtains up. Well, also, you know, he and his roommate are both managers at chain restaurants. So while they're not pulling in, you know six figures they're they they don't have to worry about you know how to make rent so they probably i don't know i mean how much do you think they make about 40 50 000. okay i guess that might be right yeah this so they can get a decent apartment and have actual furniture so maybe i should be a chain manager of a restaurant you know? hmm. i have to think about this but you know it's funny because she's got this weird journey in in the in this first like half of the season because we are at the halfway point of the season and so if you remember back from from two episodes ago where she kind of starts out being in this weird relationship with this kind of creepy guy who's a little bit controlling uh, who she's probably attracted to because he does weird things like put his hair in samurai knots. Kate is the kind of person who who's attracted and interested to weird fucked up people. And yes, and Jean is certainly one of those. She, but her, her, at, well, at, well, at the same time, though, I think that Kate is making very impulsive decisions. Now, yeah. of course, Kate is 16 or whatever she's supposed to be. So, of course, she is going to make impulsive decisions. You I know, like that. Getting, bit, yeah. yeah, getting the job at Barnaby's was impulsive. I think that going to Jean's apartment in the, in the next episode was impulsive. You know, she's the kind of thing where she again, uh, she's very smart. She's very ambitious. But yeah, she's she's 16 and she's going to do some stupid things, you know. Even knowing that they're stupid as she's doing them, she invites Ben, her ex-boyfriend, to this and says, I don't even know why I invited him. He's with his girlfriend. And I love the girlfriend's outfit, by the way. Um, it's exactly the kind. But, um, yeah, like, that was a dumb thing, but she was also mixed, missing her ex. And, you know, it, it's the kind of dumb decision you make as a teenager. Yeah. But she also contrasts that with a very sort of I don't know if I would consider it world weary, but she does have a little bit of wisdom to her that is definitely there. And she's of course, insightful, and she's met a lot of people and seen a lot of things that most people don't see. So she is going to have a certain, you know, again, insight into people. Well, right. I think that's where I'm going with that. Is you know, now you're starting to see how the show is really the show. I mean, the show is about terror. The show is about her figuring out kind of what happened to her a little bit and and, and especially now it's, that keeps coming back i mean the whole rape thing at um at boarding school being the precipitating event for her her did she has all these triggers you know we've met her alters you know we've seen t a couple times we've seen buck a few times now we've only seen alice i think once but at least in one you know she once was in, or twice, she was yeah. in two episodes but it was kind of like at the same you know mm-hmm. this the same uh, um transition i guess right if you want to say that but the other part of this is how everyone else is dealing with this. And what you're really starting to see is that Kate and Marshall have had to be very mature in a way prematurely that is affecting them in strange ways. And I think you're seeing that with Kate. You know, she is, you know, when she's highlighting the the uh, employee manual of Barnaby's, she could be finding loopholes. I kind of read that as 
she is wanting to do a good job and she is wanting to know these rules. She is wanting to be the best Burnaby's employee that she can be. Well, subconsciously, also partly, I think, to kind of try and impress Jean in a weird way. Well, I, I, you know, I, this is actually making me remember that when she uh, proposed the idea of selling Vitacell at the restaurant and he said, you know, I can't believe you would, you know, that it's a national chain. You can't do that. So right. in a way, this is – yeah, it, it's it's true. Maybe she's reading them so she doesn't make that mistake again because she is going to propose other ideas when she can think of them. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and that's kind of the weird thing about it is that you know she is at kind of – you know Kate and, and Marshall have kind of handled this in very different ways. You know the big confrontation scene you know at the end of the, the party episode is is really instructive because Kate is kind of – subsuming a lot of her feelings about what her mother is putting the family through. Well, I don't even know if I want to say what her mother is putting the family through because she does have an illness, but no. it is, it's okay to be mad at people that have illnesses yeah. as long as you're not sort of being a dick about it. You're kind of keeping well, it to yourself. They, but- they're, they're allowed to have very complicated feelings about the fact that her mother is, their mother is not their mother most right. of the time and has, you know, either they've dealt with stuff like, there was the there was the mention of Kate burning her hand when she was a baby because of uh, yeah tea leaving the ironing or something as simple as you know Max can't stay to go to the model UN because he has to deal with Tara you know the two of them have dealt with those extremes of this and whether or you know as as much as they do love Tara as much as they understand this is a disease this isn't something she's doing this is something that she suffers from as much you know more so than anyone because she's actually going through it uh it's still not fair to them right it's not fair to them and that's kind of the weird thing about I think the the first episode is that you know Marshall wants to invite a lot of chaos in his life by having this party and Kate is sort of saying "Eh, I don't want to do that but okay and you know once once Anne Charmaine shows up Kate just fucks off with Jean. Okay. Uh, that's an interesting development. But then Marshall, once, you know, Charmaine gets gets T and Max to come back, and, you know, Marshall is, it, I mean, it's a hard scene to watch. I mean, he is essentially, you know, having a mini breakdown and sort of yelling at, at T. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, he asks, he asks T straight out, are you my mother? And T says no. And he says, well, why are you in her then? Yeah. And, and T is... I mean, she know, doesn't know either. She doesn't know either. She doesn't know what to say. And, you know, we will say Tony Collette, you know, in that, especially in that scene, I mean, all throughout the show so far, Tony Collette's been doing a great job, but it's, it's weird because she does this thing with her face where it almost seems like she's transitioning back into Tara. Well, it, what I think is interesting is Max has the same moment with her, with that, yeah. that exact moment. Uh, he sees a moment, Tara, no, it's still T. Um, and I mean, in a what one of the, we didn't really touch upon this last uh, week, but there is a line where Tara says, well, the altars, they're not me. And a, and one of the questions that the show is forcing our, us and the characters to deal with are, are these characters Tara? Is T Tara? I mean, to a, to a degree, she's not. She is a separate entity, but to a degree, she is. Right, because Tara even said as much that, like, you know, I forget what episode she said this in, but the implication being early on in the show that Tara never remembered what was going on when mm-hmm. the altars were in control. And then in, in, I think, either this episode or, you know, one of these episodes, she said that 
um, when one of her family members tells her what one of the altars yeah. has done, it kind of almost she vaguely, remembers, vaguely it. remembers it in a sort of weird way. So it is the show is you know the show has set up some rules about what exactly Tara and the altars can and cannot do, and then it's slowly starting to reveal that maybe there's a lot of different permutations. Yeah, there. I mean the other thing too, of course, is it let's be clear about the fact that. You know, the altars are subsets of Tara's brain, right? I mean, they they, they do exist in Tara's yes. brain. And so all of the, I mean, I don't know what the actual physiological or, or psychological, you know, development or responses or rules of DID are, but... And I, I, my, I, my understanding is that most people don't, you know, that that's one of the reasons it's such a complex illness and that's right and that, i mean that's why they changed the name for example yeah. because multiple personality disorder was not very you know accurate in, in, yeah. accurate yeah i mean it is a dissociative thing where the person is is just in a kind of a fugue state when this other personality comes out so you know and that's really what it comes down to i think is that you know t comes out because that's the moment when tara sort of has this i mean i forget why t comes out i think it's she has a um she and Marshall are fighting about yeah. something, and what is it? I don't remember what it is, but it's yeah, I don't remember. But it's not. I mean, it's not that important what they're fighting about. It's just kind of interesting that you know they are being pretty consistent with the triggers. You know that yeah. Alice comes out when Tara feels like her family needs help. And well, this is again going with the construction of the altars in this season as kind of she needs them to handle certain situations that she can't handle herself. Right, right. And so T comes out, T, you know, fucks off to this amusement park or whatever. And, you know, at the same time, Marshall is having this huge party. Now, it is interesting, too, that I think the 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 way in which Marshall deals with, I think Marshall is sort of, you know, he's at a crossroads because he's growing up and he's getting a little bit older. And yeah. Well, both, you know, both, Frank, I think it was a very, it was a very good move to make the two so close in age, so that way, Kate does, will have a lot of older sister moments, you know, Marshall is allowed to act a little yeah. younger, but both of them are roughly at this, it's not, it's not like, you know, friends of mine who have had parents where, you know, there's mental illness or substance abuse where there's several eight years in between, you know, usually the two have a very different experience of the illness or whatever. The two of them have the same and they're coming to the understanding of the of Tara's illness around the same age. So yeah. they are both fully cognizant of what's happening. Yeah, and yeah, one yeah. doesn't really have she uh Kate really only has a year lead on Marshall on this. Yeah. Well, and I think maybe the last thing to say before about the kids before we move on to something else, although I do want to talk about Marshall's little escapade with his little crush, but Aww. is that you know what it re- what it really comes down to I think is that the the teenagers in the show or the children in the show, you know, while Max and Tara have tried to insulate them as much as possible from this, uh, the alters are a part of their life. They are a factor of their life. They never know when they're going to be there, when they're going to have their mother or not. And so that does invite chaos into the home and their lives, even though they may not want it or they may not um, think that it's hmm. any anybody's fault necessarily in the same way that it is if you have an alcoholic in the family. But at the same time, you know, they've had to be very mature for so long. And now that they're sort of like hmm. developing into teenagers and going into their yeah. adult, you know, relationships, they're kind of... I don't think that they're consciously acting out, but they are they are doing things in a very different way than could be construed as a normal teenager would be. 
Yeah, I mean, of course, they are 15 and 16 and rebelling anyway, which would they would do with any family. Sure. So, you know, everything in this particular family is going to be a little different, so maybe their rebellion is going to look a little different. Um, they're, they're rebelling in a very, like, responsible way. <laughs> well, they know they can't be. I mean, this was some, what I said about Charmaine last week. You know, Charmaine, wa- you know, probably would be the fuck up if she had a responsible older sister. She's not a kind of person who's good at getting her life back together, but... She has to be because she doesn't have a choice. Marshall and Kate might want to be irresponsible teenagers, and they want to, but they can't. I'm, they can't do that much. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I think the, I, I think the entire metonym of the entire party is the fact that they're getting drunk on Christmas bottles of schnapps that Marshall has been saving for the past six or seven years. Marshall has thought this through. <laughs> He's got a plan, and he is executing it. Yeah, well, I think, you know, the other thing, too, about that is that, you know, Tara has had to deal with herself. Max has had to deal with Tara. And in a certain sense, the the children have had to parent themselves in a way. Yeah. You know, which is also part of it. And now that that's all sort of breaking down and Tara's decided to stop taking her medicine and the alters are coming out more and more, Mm -hmm. you know, they are getting their mother again because the implication was always that Tara on the medication was... Drugged up zombie, yeah. uh, Yeah, and, and... now she's not, so that's a good thing. But then the alters are coming out more again. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a trade-off, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then Max has to go run off to wherever the hell he was. I think they said it was like six hours away to, to, to rescue T from herself. But Charmaine is not much help. I mean, that's kind of what it really comes down to is that, you know, especially in, in the episode where, where Tara's parents visit, you know, Charmaine has this breakdown, <laughs> and, you know, we get to see her, her askew nipples, um, which is always a good time. But uh, <laughs> I'd completely forgotten about I'd, that. I had completely forgotten about that, too. It's a little strange. But <laughs> but it, it, it also, of course, a fucking course that would happen to Charmaine. But Charmaine, like, she she pretends that she had to be the responsible one. She has this whole thing about yelling at her parents because it's her birthday. And, you know, always, they were always taking care of Tara and they were never paying attention to her. And they only ever call her to find out how Tara is. And, you know, that's it. I don't I mean, I have to be honest. I don't like Charmaine You're, very much. Charmaine is a total asshole. But at the same time, She's being, everybody's an asshole to her, too. So it's. It, well, you know, I, I don't. She, think, well, well, the parents are certainly like when the parents are. Yeah, and so it's it's true. She is taking out a lot of repair issues onto, but at but the she, same time, she she's, is she is a dick to Marshall. Oh my God, she is that. That's the that's the thing that's very nasty about it. That he takes. You know, it, earlier there's a see. You know, the morning of. Marshall is saying, I don't know what to get her. And, you know, she said, oh, just get her a gift certificate or get her anything. You know, it'll be fine. She'll... And he very much tries to get something that was meaningful. Yeah. And she makes fun of it. And then later, you know, she – I love how he's the one who comes up to her and, you know, makes it right. Oh, you know, I bet you regret that, don't you? You know, like he teases her, but, you know, he has the conversation and she is looking at the picture and she is realizing kind of – I mean, you – you know she knows is how nasty she's being as she's saying all of that, even as she can't help it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I well, there's a certain degree to which I think you know, in in a, in a weird way, I'm saying that we're weird a lot this well, week. I apologize, but it, it, in a strange way, it is that that Charmaine is kind of using 
the fact that everyone has had to be more mature than their age around them to almost like use it as a cover for her own bullshit behavior as well. Because she knows that she's not going to, you know, Marshall's not going to get mad at her, right? Because he's Hmm. going to be disappointed and he's going to be able to take care of her in a weird way. And, you know, there is an element to Charmaine, which is very immature. I think that you could make the argument that she's probably the most immature of any of the characters on the show. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, You get the sense that she has been ignored most of this time because what's happening around her is so much more prominent, let's say. Uh, when Tara's, Dramatic, noticeable. When Tara's going through an episode, that needs to be dealt with now and really whatever. You know, just as Marshall and Kate have had uh, Model UN, you know, they, their parents can't go to, well, certainly Charmaine's had her share of this because her sister was ill. Sure. And... Uh, again, we don't quite know what led to Tara going to boarding school and why Charmaine's not, you know, didn't and was just in regular school and all of that. But, you know, that's another the, – in so many ways, either Charmaine is the unfavored and Tara is the perfect daughter that they paid attention to or, you know, even if it's because Tara is ill, she's had so much more attention that, yeah, she never Charmaine never really had a – I don't know. She wasn't – I don't want to say like she wasn't guided to grow up. She wasn't given what she was needed to grow up, but that's I think what happened to her. Well, I mean too. I mean you know, you mentioned the boarding school thing and I think it's I think it's strange because if you sort of, you know, uh, uh, tease this out, you know, Tara was uh, raped at boarding school and that's kind of the, precipit- the, the preceding event for her DID. And so – you know, why was Tara sent to boarding school and why was Charmaine not? You yeah. know, that's kind of strange. And and you look at it and you say, okay, well, maybe they wanted to give Tara the best education. Maybe they want, you know, whatever And in the context it is, here, it's in that, it, it, the way that Charmaine says, oh, I just went to public school. That's the implication. So, you know, Tara was always the favorite. You know, Tara's the older one, but she's the favorite. And Charmaine comes along. And, of course, her parents, you know, love her and, and take care of her and things like that. But she doesn't feel like she's getting as much attention from them. And she doesn't feel like she's as important to them as Tara is. And then this 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 horrible event happens to Tara. And it causes a lifelong, you know, mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure her parents were just wrapped up in that. And that would make it even worse, right? And so Charmaine eventually, yeah. I think Charmaine looks at... And feeling the guilt from sending her there and so going to, yeah. But I think that that also, you know, that colors in last week's uh, podcast about, you know, Charmaine's dismissive thing about, oh, you know, she was raped or whatever. Yeah. That it's, you know, Charmaine is feeling a lot of emotions about this. You know, if she's not being the most mature person, I don't know that it's necessarily her fault. But, you know, she's a very damaged person in ways that she has not dealt with. Yes. You know, I think that she looks at the fact that Tara was raped, which, which you know, precipitated her DID diagnosis and her DID as, like, some another way that Tara is keeping attention on herself. I know, yeah. I, to a degree, you feel that Charmaine's thought process, process is almost, you know, you're not the only person to go through something like that, but not everybody who goes through that ends up this way. Right. You know, why didn't you just you know, go through a few years of counseling and be, and be afraid of men for a few years. Like everybody else is. <laughs> yeah. I, and again, the sh- I like that the show makes it clear that it's unfair for Charmaine to think that, but at the same time, it's completely understandable. She thinks that. 
Yes, I think so. I mean, the the show is definitely making, I think, a, a clear distinction amongst all the characters on the show mm-hmm. about recognizing and honoring their emotions while not necessarily justifying the actions that they're taking because of those emotions. Well, this is a show that loves its characters, I will say. Again, one of the reasons I like the show so much is because it it knows every single character extremely well, and it cares about them even when they're horrible and doing horrible things yeah yeah no i would agree with that i mean i I think you kind of you know the parent characters in the episode i mean you know it's debatable they're they're i don't know they're not really played i mean her father is kind of played as you know a guy who loves her but probably doesn't really spend that much time with any of them i mean her mother is kind of horrible but she's also loving they're, they're they're not exactly they're like, yeah you know and they do have good qualities i mean one of the one you know one of the main plots of of um of transition is that you know well number one it's terror throughout the entire episode except for the very end which i think is the first time that that's happened we don't see any alters except for the last you know two minutes of the show uh is this the one where buck wakes up at the beginning or is that the first episode i think that's the first episode okay. yeah so or no, I think it is this episode. Yeah, but it, it's kind of yeah. Well, it's not Buck. She's dressed as Buck. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it, no, we, we see on the video when he's say, you know, he's drinking and talking about, and that's when he leaves, and then it cuts to the next morning, and Marshall is uh, Max is finding her. I think so, that's yeah. right. Yeah, because she has the brute. She he punched something, and so she has the hand, and they ask her what happened to her, the hand. That's it. Yeah. So. You see these people, they come with this ulterior motive to have Kate and Marshall go live with them for a while. They're being very sort of, I I don't think that they really, I mean, you get the sense from their interactions with Tara and Charmaine that these are, this is a family that doesn't treat each other as adults, doesn't treat each other as real people to a degree. It's the, well, I'm thinking about how this party is Tara's cooking and they're having it at home and- you know, the parents are blaming Charmaine because of all the work that Tyra is going to have to go through because of this. Um, when they have no – they didn't plan the party. They don't know. I mean I, I assume that this party was planned by Tara and Charmaine. Oh, would you like to go out? I would like cooking. Oh, that sounds really nice. Do you mind? No, I'd love to. Why don't we have it at the house? Right. You know, there, it was probably a situation like that. Tara seems, you know, while she's stressed to have the – her parent the stress for Tara is is her parents not cooking for her sister. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think that any of them really have a good relationship with with those people. I mean, Max doesn't seem to like Frank or Bev. Yeah. I don't think that Tara likes them. I don't think that Charmaine really likes them. Marshall doesn't seem to like them very much. Kate fakes that she has to go to work in order to avoid to that. go to jeans, <laughs> which is the best option than than staying in that house. Yeah. And they're very, I mean, they're not exactly being slimy. I think that they do love them. I think that they're worried about the, their grandchildren. You know, and they, it is the reveal that Marshall finds out that he lived with them for a while when he was very young yeah. and he and Kate did. You know, but Max, I think to his and credit. That might, I wonder if that was, you know, an in, yeah, we, I, we don't know the reason for that yet. Uh, but assumedly it was an incident like when Kate got her hand burned. Yeah, exactly, because all, all Max says about it to Marshall is your mom was having a hard yeah. time. And I I will say I do really love that interaction where uh, Charmaine is talking, and she says, someday we're going to get very drunk and I'll tell you all about it. Like, I think that's nice because it acknowledges that the two of them don't have a relationship now, but... 
Well, I maybe think they can in the future, and I think it's less that they don't have a relationship now because I think they do have a mm. relationship. I think Marshall looks up to his aunt very much, yeah. and I think that Charmaine does love him. I think it's more Charmaine is realizing that that's that's probably the most mature thing Charmaine has done in this episode so far. Any of these episodes mm. is that she's. That needs to wait until we have an adult relationship. That's true. And maybe she will be able to have a better chance at an adult relationship with these kids when yeah. they be, you know, when they grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people just don't know how to deal with kids and teenagers. Yeah, I don't think that's I mean, she she kind of, I think Charmaine, you know, in that scene even says as much where she's like, I wish you were young again and you just liked watching me being pretty yeah you know i mean she probably liked marshall fine when he was five and then now he's 15 and she doesn't know what to do with well, that. all she had to do was take him to the fun fair and you know wear a kooky dress and you know she it would be the greatest day right right i i do like max especially in the second episode though because it, you know outside of being with tara he's kind of a cipher so far i mean he's got his weird interactions with uh pat oswald's character yeah but we haven't really seen a lot of Max on his own, aside from him jerking off in the shower. And and I could watch that all day. I'm just saying. Um, but he is very, very... You can see that really Max is the one that has kept his family together for so long. Because he's protecting Tara against all the stress. He doesn't tell Tara about her, her father and mother wanting to take the kids because yeah. he knows that that's more stress and it's never going to happen. And he'll tell her about it when they leave. But, yeah. You know, and of course it comes out. <laughs> He's got this really nice moment with Max, uh, with uh, Tara's father in the RV where, you know, Max is trying really hard to, to keep Tara as calm as possible. Yes. And he's also being very straightforward with his in-laws and being basically like, stop being assholes. Well, it's in, these are people who, love their daughter, want the best for their daughter, but don't know her one bit, don't understand her, don't understand what the best for her is. Yeah. Um, that said, I think that, you know, the show hasn't really gone into Max, but there, the phrase, the word codependent was specifically used, I think, by Patton Oswalt's character in, like, the pilot. And we will not... I just want to make... Don't forget that. Because... Yeah. This is somebody who has gone through a lot of things in this marriage and is still 100% committed to that. That is a sign of deep, enduring, strong, faithful love. It's also the sign of somebody who can't see any other life for himself. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's, it's I think I, it's, Again, this is a very ambiguous show in a lot of ways, but... I don't think that we know enough about mm-hmm. Max right now to say whether or not his commitment to the family and his commitment to Tara and taking care of her so much is it could be a sign of codependency. Yeah. Or it could be a sign of, you know, deep love. And again, I think that, I think the show doesn't maybe see it as an or situation. Uh, It's possible. Yeah. These are very complex characters, even the ones who don't have three or four different selves bouncing around in them. And so, yes, they can feel, multiple conflicting things at once because people do feel that yeah yeah so i think we have well three more things to to deal with we have have so many more things to deal with these episodes are very dense (laughs) they are (laughs) oh my god why did we pick two episodes an episode i don't know (laughs) um charmaine and Patton oswald's character yeah 
Nothing really to say about it yet, but just, you know, stay tuned on of that. Of course they met at a Todd Rundgren concert. <laughs> I know. love the show. The show does a lot of things. I love the show's use of costuming and props, but I also love the show's use of music. Oh, yeah. Like, Gene, of course, fucking plays bass, and he's playing Dream Police by Cheap Trick to impress his girlfriend. Like, but Well, and we have not even dealt with the fact that Gene... Oh, his little invention. ...built himself some sort of dildo vibrating toy i love that he you know she has which is fine she, well, I, I, well well i think it's i love the beat of the scene she's like i need to show you one of my inventions he pulls it out and like you see her look on her face and and then he's like oh it's for me and she's like oh and then just, that's when she you know then she really starts kissing him like because yeah it is a terrifying thing to whip this out to you know when, when you're 16 yeah <laughs> oh you know in a way, I think Kate is looking for someone who is a little older, who is a little more settled, who has his own place, yeah. who is, frankly, a little more sexually experienced. She is at that point when, you know, she – I doubt that Ben was a very good lay. Yes. And so – Although he, the other the other thing, too, of course, that we haven't really dealt with is the fact that Jean is quite a bit older than her. That, well, yeah. I – you know – and. It really didn't. I mean, let's put it. It th- didn't click how much older he was until this episode when he buys her beer. Like she's a minor yes. and he's. Well, I think that I mean, you know, if if we take the two thousand one the nine eleven story yes. face value from from a couple episodes ago, even if he's sixteen, he, even if he even if he, I mean, he said he was a manager at that store then. So let, maybe let's he, say seventeen, eighteen. Let's say he was eighteen then. He'd be. This was 2011, so that'll be 10 years later. So yeah. he'll be 28. He's almost 30 years old. He's, and Kate is 16. Yeah, he's know. he's like 24, 25 at the, at the youngest. At the youngest, and I can't Again, see a assume, way that he's that young. Well, I mean, sometimes... Being a manager of a store like that, they're could not going to make a 16-year-old a manager. Aww. Well, he, does, he, he could be a junior manager like he offers her at one point at 16. Let's say he started it when he was as young as she was, so... Yeah, he could be 16 in 2001, let's say. Uh, let's say the most generous, he's still yeah. then 20. I don't, I don't remember if they ever really reveal how, exactly how old he is. but He's, he's in his mid-20s. He's at least... He, he, yeah, 25 at the minimum, I would say. No matter what, there is no... The, he, he's, he's too old for there to be a gray area here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But... We'll see. We'll, we'll stay tuned on that. Um, speaking of, of relationships that are more age appropriate we've got uh a little bit more development with marshall and his little crush not much more but he comes to the party and marshall freaks out well he 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 glances at girls a couple of times and he's playing the guitar for him for them and what what the hell is his name jason justin i think it's jason jason is a little john jason's ambiguous and most jebediah jebediah um as you know, both you and I are gay, and all Jedi of our gay, Baya. all of our gay li- Ezekiel, um, all of our gay listeners have been at a point where you've had a crush on a straight guy, and you use every little tiny stupid piece of evidence to prove that he's really secretly gay too. And in this episode, the ambiguity becomes a little less, and that's um, he could also be bisexual. He could also be bisexual. Let us not, let us not other but, bisexuals. You know, but. Probably he's not. The show, the show, yeah, probably he's not. The show is a little too smart to do something so stupid like they did in the last episode where he explicitly says, you're cute to Marshall. That's not really something a straight guy would ever say, but... Yeah. 
you know, I, I just we'll we'll leave that aside as like we'll we'll leave it ambiguous right now whether or not he's he's gay or not. Yeah, and I mean either way, this is a guy who is fifteen, sixteen, and the son of a pastor and very involved in church events. So even if whatever his feelings are, there's no fucking way he's coming out right now. Yeah. So that's it's sad. It is sad. But you know who does have a nice relationship? T and Skunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're wonderful, aren't they? <laughs> she just created DDR, though. I lo- that was awesome. I, the whole that whole no. T sequence, you know, I I would hang out with T. She seems like a lot of fun. Well, the, I mean, she might get you punched, but but that you know, and that's the that's sort of the points of I, again. All of these characters are Alice makes amazing, you know, cakes and stuff, and she's you know very comforting and motherly when she wants to be. Buck is pro- is fun for Max to hang out with and, you know, watch porn and it's, you know, T can be a lot of fun. Kate loves to hang out with T and go to the mall. You can imagine, you can imagine uh, Kate and T at this arcade and what they're going to get up to and it's going to be a great time. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, you don't want these people around all the time. Well, and that's a good segue into the last thing that we need to talk about, which is this whole weird running subplot throughout transition where they keep her, her parents keep waking up and her father is saying, Oh, I peed the bed. And we also remember a couple episodes ago, Marshall, Mar- was yeah, Marshall is peeing the bed as well. That is true. I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I forgot about that. And uh, then of course, Max wakes up in the middle of the night. Cause there's this weird noise. Cause I think, I think it's actually Kate coming in that wakes him yes. up from jeans. He goes downstairs and Tara is, squatting and pissing on her parents wearing a, wearing poncho. a red poncho and then runs out of the room without saying a word max just goes back to bed and he's too based on his reactions at the end of the episodes especially you know tara basically at the end oh i didn't transition everything's great you know he's too fucking scared to mention this because where do you begin where but, do you begin with this? yeah they're there yeah this is we've got a new author yep is it new to us or is it new in general? We'll just have to find out. Well, remember I mentioned those couple of things, the word gimme, the um, – what were the other uh, – Well, there was the whole die up. Yeah. Um, thing, and, and, and again, the show – There is a nighttime altar that seems uh, uh, um, unhinged, let's say. Yes. And that is – we'll leave it at that for now. I think that's it. Anything else, Richard? There was a mention of Ashton Kutcher in my notes. There was. 2011 was a very strange time in American culture. (laughs) Well, if you have any thoughts on Ashton Kutcher or anything that we talked about in these two episodes of the podcast, please leave a comment for this episode of the podcast on tuninginshow.com. You can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash truckaboutshow if you enjoy our podcast and would like to support us with some of your hard-earned money. We would appreciate it very much, and we would use it wisely. We'll blow it at the arcade. We have Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, Tuning In Show. And as always, please leave us a positive iTunes review for tuning in. We appreciate it, and it is the best way for new fans to find the show. Also, listen to our other podcast, Trek About. We're in the middle of the sixth season of DS9. We just released an episode two days ago on In the Pale Moonlight and His Way. Next week, we're going to be talking about the United States of Terror episodes, Alterations, and Abundance. Mm -hmm. It's a week on the United States of Terror. Oh, my God. If you, like... 
do do do, do the, the titles of episodes spell out Tara or something? Because we had transition. They spell out pa. Uh, well, the pilot doesn't count. So yes, they do. Oh my god, it's a uh, clue. We'll see you next week. Mac, why do you?